Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name's Kyle Nelson. We got my co-host here, Eli Libby, and uh, we got a pretty cool guest, pretty special guest today. We're really, really, you know, excited and stoked to talk yep. about his passion and how he turned it into an income and how he built an audience on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That is Mr. Sid Massand. He is the owner of Rock and Roll True Stories on YouTube, and uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about how he got started and, and, and hopefully give us some really good tips on how anybody can build a YouTube channel yeah. about what they love. So welcome, Sid. What's welcome. up, man? Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy, excuse me, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, so cool. have you, um, you know, kind of get started talking about yourself? Have you yeah. always been kind of a, an entrepreneur at heart, you know, getting started on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, it, once you get it going, it's a full-time thing, yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Like it, how, did you, um, how did you kind of get started with that? You know, where's your upbringings and, and where you're at today? Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, um, I'm the son of immigrants. My parents immigrated here in the, in the seventies and I'm 34 years old, so I had no inkling of being an entrepreneur when I started. Um, really, what happened was I was sold this dream of like, you go to school, you get a good job, get a degree, and then you live life and you have a family and that's it. And right. yeah, I graduated in 2009, which was the first graduating class of the, the Great Recession then or the financial collapse. And there was like no jobs at that time. It's not as bad as it is today, but um, I started working as an, I went to school for engineering and I worked most of my career as a project manager, which I loved because you work on these cool infrastructure projects. You work with technical specialists, you deal with the public, you're kind of like a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until two years into my career that a lot of my coworkers were getting promoted over me. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I'm a really good project manager. I'm always on top of stuff. Things go really well in my projects, but I soon learned the game that it's not about what you know, but it's who you know. Right. Oh yeah. Um, which I think oh. it is. And I also have the bad luck that every time I applied for a job, there would be someone who had like five years more experience who applied for the same job. And it's like, you can't compete with that. Nope. Um, so it wasn't, so that's when I started to be like, okay, maybe I got to start having a side hustle. Right. And I met my wife around that time and she comes from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. And that kind of piqued my interest. Like, oh, the idea of working for yourself. I never thought about that before. And she's very entrepreneurial. She has her own business too. And I first started out as a dating coach, actually, because oh, I, met, I met my wife online okay. and I was, I was a decent writer. Like, I think I was, I worked with a dating coach too, like before that time. And I knew that most people didn't know how to do online dating properly. Like it's, it can be really easy if you know what you're doing. So I would write profiles for guys and for, for women and I'd have seminars and I made some money doing wow. that, but um, it, it was just like, I got to the point where I was hearing a lot of people's problems and I kind of, it gets draining after a while. Sure. I'm sure. Pretty toxic. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I was dealing with people who were like in the 40, 50, once or twice divorced. They had a lot of emotional baggage and that's not something fun to deal with. And then I, I turned my attention to YouTube because I saw like people were having success on there. Right. It took me like four years or five years to find my niche. Like um, oh. I went through, like I had a first, my, one of my first channels was like a rock. Um, I was really into video games. So I was really into rock band and guitar hero. So that was like my first YouTube channel, just about like rhythm oh, games. Nice. nice. Yeah. And uh, it just, it didn't, it grew a little bit, but it was too niche. Okay. Right. And then my second channel was uh, a guns and roses, like fan page where I would tell stories about bad, the band and like uh, talk about the latest news. Okay. And that, that grew to about 51,000, 52,000 subs. Like it was getting bigger. And then you, I kind of plateaued and I said, well, you know, talking about one band all the time probably isn't realistic. 
maybe I should just do like a rock and roll channel and tell stories. Right. That's kind of when morphed into rock and roll true stories. But okay. while all this stuff was going on, I in my job, like they had this massive restructuring. Mm. So like the group I was working with was great, but a lot of people started like moving on. They got fired and they made all these changes and they created an enormous amount of anxiety in my life. Yeah. I'm sure like that I never had, like, I wasn't sleeping at night. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't taking care of myself. I go into work exhausted and fearful for my job. And that was the time I was like, okay, I'm taking, I'm going full in on YouTube. Like I'm going to just try to have freedom in my life. I, I didn't want other people to control my destiny. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that like went off and oh. I'm, like, I'm going to go full in on YouTube. Wow. It's cool to see that what you're doing really came out of just like pure passion. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. You yeah. saw an opportunity and then you realize, oh, like this is actually working. Mm-hmm. What I have right now is starting to plateau. Yep. Like, let's, let's, let's create something that has no ceiling. Exactly. And you just went for it. And there's a platform that is growing it's that could fit man. that niche. That is really cool. We preach passion all day long in this podcast within our own businesses. And it's really cool to see this come to fruition for you. So that is really cool. I'm, I'm so, what are some of the like, um, what are some of the key things that you realize, you know, growing a YouTube channel? Yeah. I mean, you got over almost, well, you have almost quarter million subs now, which is, that's insane. It's <laughs> crazy. Like when I started doing it, the whole thing started as like the fact that I wasn't getting promoted in my pro- professional life, that right. it would help me make a little bit of money to make up for the fact that I wasn't getting promoted. Yep. Um, and then it just blew up like the month before my daughter was born in early 2019, people started liking it. And my production quality sucked at the beginning. But what I learned is, you really first and foremost got to find a good niche. Yeah. Like people look at YouTube and they think everything's, there's always, there's too many people doing it and I can't find my own niche. But I mean, I found it in 2019, which was like long after YouTube blew up. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's really good to do your research. Ask yourself, what are you passionate about? You know, we come back to passion because mm-hmm. you're going to be living and breathing that every day. Yeah. And you got to be comfortable talking about it. And I do get sick of rock and roll sometimes. Like I don't want to work on it, but I mean, I couldn't think of anything else and look at what your competition is doing. Like how many people are in that niche and space and what are they doing good? And what are they not, what are some things they can improve on? And that's kind of like where you can slide in and do that. Absolutely. So what are some like, um, you know, I know every YouTuber, they, they don't go out and tell everybody, you know, their secret sauce and how they're getting promoted or not promoted, but how they're getting their, out on YouTube, but what are some basic things? Because we have a lot of business owners that are trying yep. to build their own brand that listen mm-hmm. here. And YouTube, obviously, it's like, like you said, if you can find the niche, yep. you're golden, but it's also pretty saturated if you don't find it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, outside of finding that niche, though, like, what are some tips for people to like, really that everyone's familiar with YouTube, but like getting started on YouTube, I don't think a lot of people are familiar yeah. with, and that's why so many people fail because they don't they don't understand it's a whole it's a whole different game when you actually are doing YouTube. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. tips for people to kind of yeah kind of get started and and what they need to think about? Yeah, like I think the first thing, um, and I use it still is like keyword research, and that's probably the same if you have a, a website or a blog. Mm-hmm. You kind of see what people are searching for. What's your you yeah. can see the competition if it's high or low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the second thing too is consistency. Um, you don't have to be putting out videos every week right. to be even every day, but people know what to expect. Like I'm doing three videos a week on my channel and people don't expect that. Yeah. Um, and I think the third thing is really building a good foundation with your audience. Um, I think we do a lot of things on rock and ultra stories that no other YouTubers do. Mm. Um, and I learned that from my professional life. I dealt a lot with the public on infrastructure projects and most yeah. of the time people weren't happy, yeah. but I learned that people want to be listened to whether they agree with you or not. 
And one of the things we do is our audience dictates a lot of our content that we put out. So we have like a Google sheet uh, that people could submit requests right. and ideas. Cool. And I, really? I literally have like 400 ideas and I have a spreadsheet. I check it every day and every day there's new requests wow. and wow. I don't have to worry about putting out content. Like what am I going to put out this week? Right. I've mm-hmm. never heard of that. That's really cool. I it, think, yeah, I oh, go, ahead. go ahead. What's cool is a lot of YouTubers. It's like, they're not like transparent and like down to earth with everybody. Like you're literally connecting with your listeners yeah. and your viewers and like, yeah, that's cool. I've yeah, there's there's a couple other things we do too. And like this, I, I want to give a shout out to my dad because like he was the first engineer. He's an engineer too. And he's the only engineer I work with who I actually respected in the sense. Like there's a couple of engineers mm-hmm. I work with who really impressed me. Yeah. But he had people skills that I've never seen of anybody. And engineers are not known for having people skills. Mm-hmm. And he taught me no matter how big you get in life, you should always be down to earth. Right. Like I learned to talk to everybody I see in my day, whether it's like the Starbucks barista, whether it's the person who uh, I used to see oh, yeah. in a parkade when I used to go to an office before COVID. I would know the names of everybody. They would see me and they light up, not because I'm a special person, but because I actually talk to them. Right. So I, t- I reply to my comments as much as I can. And then we also do a fun game on our channel called Weekly Clues. So I'll tease what's coming this week. And I'll put little clues, like maybe I'll put a video with like the blurred image of the band and then people have to guess what it is. And having that kind of engagement that most YouTubers don't do, I think that creates a, a really strong community. You're very strategic. Community. And you have community. It's like, uh, you don't hear that. I mean, we talked to a lot of YouTubers yeah. that have like brands and stuff like on YouTube, they vlog or mm-hmm. they, they do their videos about tips and stuff. But I don't feel like a lot of people are strategic. They're just like, I mean, you know, like, like Gary V, he preaches just like, just get started, just start yeah. putting stuff out there. But Regardless yeah. of the quality. But, but when right. you're strategic though, I feel like that's when you'll actually mm-hmm. start to see, I'm, I'm assuming when you started getting strategic after a while, you started seeing the growth. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't immediate. Like when I started, I did exactly what Gary V said, is like, just put it out there and yep. see what the response is. If you right. watch some of my really early videos, they're awful. <laughs> I used to live in a different place and I would record my audio in like our living room, which was like an echo chamber. <laughs> and then I learned, oh, you can go record in your closet. And, you know, it's a great oh, yeah. studio. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, then I started, I worked with a YouTube coach and he gave me some other tips about community. And, um, and then my quality improved. I started hiring staff to help me out too. So nice. um, over time, I've seen my, my organic growth, like with subscribers every month go up and up because I think the quality has gotten better. And, We've really engaged that community. And plus we're also, we do giveaways every now and then too, like when we hit certain milestones and whatnot. Nice. That's very cool. So what was, um, what do you feel like was the main tipping point? Yeah. Just when you like, you're, I figured you were, I yep. always talk over you. I'm sorry. Yep. That's okay. <laughs> what was like the main <laughs> tipping point when you were getting started, <laughs> when you were getting started and like all of a sudden you saw the growth, like what was it that did YouTube just pick up your stuff all of a sudden and the algorithm liked you? Were you yeah. doing something? a different way? Did it come to a realization of what, I, I don't know, like, what was it that you felt? I feel like when I look at my stats, um, I don't promote the channel a whole lot. Like I don't go post, like I post this on some subreddits, which are related, which related. Um, but I, I found a lot of my stuff comes from YouTube recommendations. Like, you know, you're watching a video and you see like a video on the right hand side. It's, yeah. it's like, that's where a lot of our um, views come from. It's not from people searching necessarily. And then I also see a lot of our content is shareable. So people post it on okay. Facebook. I've had people reach out to me to do interviews. They're like, hey, I saw your video on like, um, uh, we did a band, the band Living Color like ages ago. And they said, I saw your video on a Living Color Facebook group. And I was like, I didn't even put it there. And um, so it just, it finds its way somehow and people yeah. will post it, but the YouTube algorithm has been 
really good. And we've really upped our research too. Like, um, I think we research, we don't just scratch the surface. We go really below, below the surface. Like we find old articles from like 1993 about that specific oh, wow. band. And that gives you a lot of background that you wouldn't get reading like Loudwire or any of these other, not putting those sites down, but I mean, like you just read the five minute. I like, I get so, I'm such a nerd. I get so excited when I find like a, a billboard magazine from 1994 or, or spin magazine yeah, from that time that's pretty cool. uh, about that band, which, uh, you sure. know, I don't think most people go that deep on YouTube sometimes. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really cool. What I like about your, from what I can see from the We're surface, checking out your YouTube page yeah. as we're talking to you. That's why we keep looking at yeah. the computer. Yeah. But what I can see from just looking at the surface here is it's almost like you can watch a documentary on a band in seven to 10 minutes, yeah, which I think I mean, is really cool. That's also part of the social media platform of YouTube is digestible content, a little bit longer form than other platforms, yeah. but I think you've done it super well here. And I, and I, I'm, Thank you. I, I haven't had a chance to listen to too many of them, but I do know that there is deep insight into each of these bands and these different, you know, I, I think it's, it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And I, and I think for, for me too, like, uh, I don't try to give my opinion so much on the stories. I kind of think of myself, I, I hate that word YouTube yeah. uh, influencer. You know, I hear that term a lot. Yeah, I yeah. don't like the term. I feel like I'm more of like a, um, a conveyance for like telling a story and then people can make a judgment for themselves in terms of what side they want to choose. Right. But I try to like get, get all angles. Cause you know, when you watch the media landscape today, you don't get both sides you get yep. whatever your echo chamber is so i don't try to take an opinion one way or the other unless it's you know again censorship or something i would yeah. rock music which i'm pretty passionate about but um yeah i mean and going into the later part of the year i'm i mean we're doing seven to ten minutes but i've already got videos that are 16 minutes i want to do 40 minute videos very cool yeah and really take the documentaries of rock and roll stuff to like a whole new level that we haven't seen that's what i want to do <laughs> whether i get there mentally and have the time to do it that's another story but right um, so uh, we were looking at some of these videos and like, you got some that have over a million views. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. I would have never. So how, really... I mean, are those just like it, I would imagine they build up over time to some of them you post yeah. like it just hits and it's like, boom, or is it like mm -hmm. random? Like all this. It's, uh, it's, it's a mixture. Like some of them just have really strong, some of them start really strong then yeah. they taper off and like they don't grow from there. Others it builds over time. Yeah. Um, like one I did was about Johnny Cash covering the Nine Inch Nails song Hurt. Okay. Which I thought, okay, maybe 20,000 people see that. And then like, it just, it keeps growing every month. People keep finding it. Um, some stuff it's like, it's stagnant. And then all of a sudden there'll be like a, a huge jump. Yeah. And then like, uh, I did one on, um, oh, Gigi Allen, like a long time ago. And it just like stagnant. And all of a sudden, like the last month it's like exploded. And it could be because something that's in the news. Right. I was going to say trending. Too. Yeah. Trending yeah like, it's sometimes is like that. Like, you know, you put stuff up a year ago and all of a sudden it's trending again and then it gets blows up. So it's like a mixture of everything. It can be one of those three instances. Yeah. Hmm. In terms, I, I want to kind of swing it back real quick to passion because we do talk about it a lot. What was the, what was the spark for rock and roll? Is it something, did you play an instrument growing oh, yeah, up? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Uh, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I wish uh, I would have taken up music much earlier. Like, the only music I'd exposed to going to like, Catholic school was, like, the uh, recorder and, like, <laughs> choir, with both of which I was told was never good enough. I was never good enough at. Um, but I, I have a brother who's seven years older, so I was a product of whatever he was listening to. So it was, like, a lot of grunge music from Seattle and the Northwest. Yeah. And then, which I, you know, Soundgarden and Nirvana and Pearl Jam, but also, like, he was really into Guns N' Roses, which is like my favorite band of all time. Yeah. And then also, um, you know, they started getting into rap and hip hop and then he moved away and 
I kind of lost touch with rock music for a while. And it wasn't <laughs> until Rock Band and Guitar Hero came out in 2007, um, or at least Rock Band did. And I started playing that game like crazy when I was in university. Yeah. And I started discovering all these bands like I didn't know about, like Deep Purple and. Yeah. Um, you said Living Color. Living Color. I uh, wrote a song on Guitar Hero that sparked my interest in that band. Oh, really? I was, like, oh yeah. Shredding on that song. <laughs> Yeah, I even even bands like the Eagles, Mountain. Yeah, um, a lot so of like, I discovered I was, all this. I was excerpt mode on Dragon Force. Just saying. I, I, <laughs> oh yeah, right. I'll allow Dragon through the fire uh, through the I was through the flames and fire. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that song in a long time. Yeah, I haven't either. Easy mode. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So I got, you. Sorry. So I got really into uh, into into that, and then I was also a huge Howard Stern fan. So I used to have all these like classic rock guys, and like I remember Slash came on around that time. And I was like, Guns N' Roses, whatever happened to those guys? I started going on YouTube and listening to all this music. And it kind of just like shot me back to being a kid again and listening to that stuff. And that's when the passion grew, like playing rock band, getting into real drums. Like I started playing drums and trying to learn guitar now. And um, and then I was like, well, that's the only thing I really care about these days. Yeah. You know, other than my family, of course, um, was rock and roll. And I just loved the attitude of it. It was like very rebellious, do it your own way. Right. That was kind of like what I was looking for. Like I still have my day job, but... I feel like the corporate life, like it's almost like the cards are stacked against you. You have to work 30 years for someone else, yeah. have their permission to retire. And they dict one decision of whether they hire you or not can change your entire future. Right. And to me, it was like a finger to them, not to my job, but to like the system of corporate yep. life, which I resented right. at that point. Wow. It sounds very rock and roll. It does. Very rock and roll. Yeah, and my attitude towards it's funny before COVID, I would <laughs> I used to dress very differently. I, before I started Rock and Roll True Stories, I wear a suit and tie to work every day. Yeah. And then once like Rock and Roll True Stories took off, it was like leather jacket. Somebody's oh, yeah. like, oh, that was cool. You're, you're living you can the finally part. be who yeah. you want to be, though. Exactly. Like, you don't have to. And the, and the coolest part is the people yep. I work with, like, you can have a side gig as long as it's right. not like a conflict of interest. But like, I, I don't tell people I, I do Rock and Roll True Stories because I like having that. Um, yep. That, that thing that's kind of cool onto the side, right? I love that. Absolutely. So as we wrap it up, what are some yeah. of your, I'm just curious, like what are some of your favorite videos that you've created like you mm -hmm. really dove into and you felt like you created a really good piece good, for? Yeah, compelling story. Um, it's funny, some of my favorite videos, like they don't do the best. I'm like, oh, this is gonna do great and it is terrible. Um, one of my favorite stories I ever did was uh, uh, how Megadeth kind of like revolutionized the internet. Um, I think it's the main one on my main page. Yeah. page. They were like the first band that, did a, like a major band who did like a website and they wow. had this cool, cool website that was on for their album at the time. And it became like a living legend. Like millions of people visited it. The, the record label didn't want to take it down because it was still right. so popular years later. Um, I'm just thinking what else um, we're doing a lot of like in-depth band stories these days that some of which I haven't released, but we're talking, we also talk about a lot of like lesser known bands. Like uh, we're talking about like, you know, Caius, we're going to be doing a whole story on um, we've got, let me look at my calendar because I got them all written down on there. Uh, we're talking about like Gin Blossoms, Ween. Um, oh, we got some cool stuff about like Pantera. Oh, like nice. Early days when they were when they were a glam metal band, like you know, teased hair and all that stuff yeah, before yeah. before Phil and Selmo joined. Um, and yeah, just some. Uh, I'm a big Alice in Chains fan, so we do a lot of stuff yeah. on them too. Um, I've got a lot of people asking me for to do Black Flag, but we got a great Henry Rollins story coming up. But oh. um, yeah, another one that I really enjoy was that Johnny Cash one. Like I love, because I feel like, you know, even if I'm not familiar with the artists, I learn a lot about them. Oh, yeah. um, and I've done a couple of stories on Johnny Cash and um, we did like one about his haunted house and about That's how cool. he almost got boycotted in the South because of people thought he was married. He was in an interracial marriage back in the sixties. Mm. Wow. Um, so there's some great stories, but really my fans, like my subscribers, like they give me most of the content I do is like their ideas. Cool. That's awesome.
Awesome. Saw Megadeth in high school. It's yeah. Good show. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Megadeth coming in the future. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, well, cool, man. You know, I, I really appreciate seeing some insight yeah. from, you know, a consumer of YouTube and like, you know, we have a YouTube channel, but it's nothing correct. I mean, we just post our stuff and we're in the beginning of it, but um, it's cool to see some insight of someone that's actively growing, like mm-hmm. on a very, like, very it niche. looks like your subs are like growing like crazy yeah. right now. And it's cool to see like what you're doing and, and really it comes down to consistency, yeah. having a good strategy and plan and finding that niche. Exactly. I feel that's like what it's is. what we kind of came, came from with this. Yeah. Like that's pretty much it. And you know, also having a bit of luck too, like yeah. having the algorithm pick up your videos. Like I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd be, I'd be doing this, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really fortunate. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks, Sid. So if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and your channel um, or any other uh, message real quick, at the, yeah. right about this up, what, go ahead. And- yeah. Yeah. We are just search YouTube, Rock and Roll True Stories. And then we have like a cool Google form on the description box where you can submit ideas and submit as many ideas as you want. Cause I look at them like a couple to every couple times a week to see what fans nice. are requesting. Yeah. We'll awesome, Sid. In there. Well, let's let's keep in touch. I, yeah. I hope like in a year from now we can do another episode and follow up and see that you're like yeah, absolutely. Oh, three million yep. subs. I got five million. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. That'd be cool. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome, well, thank man. you so much for your time. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate I, it. Bye. Have a good one. Yeah.